You're listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Engler, and this is episode 25. Now, I am joined here once again by my reoccurring guest host, uh, the guy who checks the apples to make sure they're not poison for QT Marshall, Mr. Zach Presson. What's up, buddy? What's up? Oh, he got me. Just kidding. What's going on, boys? It's your best friend, freshly squeezed orange Zachy. That apple was delicious. What's going on there, Jeff? <laughs> oh, man. I did not know you were going to do that. Oh, that's funny. But yeah. So, man, it was another great week of AEW content uh, this week. And we are going to get right into it. Uh, but before we get to the news, we really need to talk about uh, what's been going on. Craziness. Um, just the amount of uh, hurt that people are going through. Um, I just want to read off the statement that AEW actually put out um, right before Dynamite. I thought it was a really great message. And uh, so here it is. Uh, your voices matter. Your ideas matter. Your dreams matter. And we see you. We hear you. We stand with you. Black Lives Matter. Um, what has been going on in this country and the systemic uh, racism that goes on and and just the way that, I mean, it just, it, it all starts, I, I mean, I'm just a garbage man. I'm nobody. I'm not a politician. I can't really change people's lives. Uh, but what I can do is promise that I will raise my daughter uh, my kids to not, uh, let skin color or anything like that uh, have an effect on how you treat somebody or, uh, how you see them, how you view their life. Uh, don't look down on them, things like that. Always, uh, be accepting of other cultures and, and just try to do better, um, for this country and for the world. Um, it's all I can do. Uh, as a father and, and somebody who hasn't gone through it and uh, you know, I will never fully understand. Um, and I know that. So, uh, that's just, that's my promise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, a really interesting time uh, to be around. Unfortunately, not unique. Um, as some of these, uh, you know, issues have been going on for many decades, as a lot of people know, for many centuries, actually, for four centuries, um, probably even longer. Um, I would like to start out real quick. I'd like to read a quote uh, by Brian Stevenson, uh, who is a lawyer uh, who works with inmates on death row. Um, he said, an absence of compassion can corrupt the decency of a community, a state, a nation. Fear and anger can make us vindictive, abusive, unjust, and unfair until we all suffer from the absence of mercy and we condemn ourselves as much as we victimize others. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately, um, you know, and it's uh, it's been resounding 
a lot in my life lately, and I think for a lot of people's lives lately that have been uh, witness to kind of the injustices that uh, have been going on lately. Um, I make no mistake about it, you know, um, I know there's good police officers out there and I know that several bad apples, you know, don't spoil the whole bunch. Um, but the, just the police brutality has got to end. Um, it really does. I think a lot of people have made statements about this and not, have been careful to tiptoe around that. Um, but you know, that's the overriding truth here is that, um, the injustice against our black brothers and sisters, um, has been going on for far too long. Uh, as you said earlier, it's systemic, um, and it's up to us to make the change uh, for future generations. It takes many, many generations uh, for hatred to disappear, um, and you know these wounds are going to take a lot of generations to disappear. But um, you know, I am hopeful with seeing everything here that uh, we are on our way to a brighter future for our kids, um, as you said earlier. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, um, again, my fight is with my black brothers and sisters. I believe that black lives matter and all lives can't matter until that's the case. So, yes, sir. Well said, man. Um, uh, last thing, um, definitely prayers and thoughts go out to the family of, uh, George Floyd. Um, uh, man, the video that really touched my heart was the one where his daughter was on, I think his brother's shoulder and she's saying my daddy changed the world. Uh, man, just it just hits you um so yeah that's that's powerful and let's uh you know we'd be be remiss not to say happy birthday to uh brianna taylor who who would have turned 27 today the day that we're recording um this young innocent black female um was served a no-knock warrant at her home in louisville and shot to death with eight rounds um and the police were at the wrong house um they had bad intel so um let us not forget other injustices that are going down and let us not forget the other names that have been, um, you know, suffering at the hands of injustice, not just George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, but many others. So uh, tough stuff. We've had a lot of tough things to talk about over the past couple of months, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be deaths. Um, you know, obviously, we talked about Shad Gaspard. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, suicide recently as well. So it's just been a, a tough month. So yeah. always difficult to transition. But uh I'm sorry. I said, yeah, with Hannah. Uh, Hannah was uh, rough for a lot of people, man. Uh, the cyberbullying, it's mm-hmm. it's back up. I mean, Twitter's just literally another cesspool of hate. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but so, let's... Yeah, uh, just, as a nation, we just need to come together. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's, let's just go ahead and get straight on into the news. So... The live Dynamite uh, tapings, uh, events uh, like Rochester, New York, and things like that have been rescheduled. Um, So if you bought tickets and you still have them, I think they're still good for those shows. Uh, They've been rescheduled, and man, we might be seeing people in in the crowd soon. Uh, I know Houston has already had uh, live events. in Houston, and it was Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen. They did stand-up uh, comedy. They were filled to 75% capacity, and it's, I mean, they're fully open, like no masks. Like when they were wearing their masks and stuff there, people were like, well, I mean, what are you doing, you goofball? Um, you know, the, the restaurants were fully open, and so I mean, we might be right on our way. Um, 
I just can't wait to see fans in 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 full capacity at an AEW show. I don't even care if they're all wearing masks and gloves and had their temperature checked before they came in, being safe, whatever. I just want to see fans cheering again, get the holy shit chants and the um, cowboy shit, holy Sheeta. I want it all back, man. I want all the wrestlers back. I can't wait to see Pentagon and Phoenix um, just wrestle again, man. I miss the Lucha Bros. Uh, dude, the Death Triangle was about to start happening. We got FTR now in the tag division. Uh, so, I don't know. I miss Pac, too. Pac is another one that that's, I just... Anyways, in in the news, um, uh, Alan Angels, man, he is signed. Yeah, he is five of the Dark Order, uh, which is funny because <laughs> this podcast, you were going to be the fifth member of the Dark Order, Mister Zach Preston. <laughs> um, and we'll do to you right now. <laughs> uh, so Ray Phoenix was set for the next week's title defense with Cody Rhodes. Um, if he won this match, which, you know, um, but he's still hurt. He's still fucked up. Um, so that's why Mark Quinn is taking that position, uh, for that. Uh, so what do you got, Zach? Uh, yeah, I got a news here. First, uh, fighter fest dates announced as a two night, two week event. Uh, first night will be Wednesday, July 1st. Second night will be Wednesday, July 8th. Uh, should be a great event. Um, as we talked about earlier, uh, or a few episodes ago, I'm really glad that it's free. Um, so everyone can kind of get their feet wet. Uh, casual observers can get their feet wet with, uh, pay-per-view quality matches of AEW. Uh, it's going to be a great fun two weeks. I think it's a gift for the fans also that they're doing who have been sticking with them through these times, um, has been a little weird, uh, but they've still been putting on a killer product. As we all know, you like to remind us every week, a great week of content from AEW week after week. <laughs> Um, so I know you're get the fighter fest dates and we figured it would be sometime in July because, uh, you know, the next pay-per-view after that being September 5th has already been announced. So, um, I know we're both excited about that. Um, and after that, a very interesting, uh, commercial came up for impact slam anniversary and it featured several, uh, recently released WWE stars, including Mike and Maria Kanellis, uh, Luke Gallows, Eric Young, Carl Anderson, uh, along with Luke Gallows, they formed the uh, OC and WWE. Uh, Rockstar Spud, who's Drake Maverick, who uh, we all know uh, re-signed with NXT earlier this week. Kurt Hawkins and EC3. The very, very end in the distance is waving a Bulgarian flag, which most people like myself are alluding to a one Rusev. Um, outside of this news, uh, you know, it, it's or outside of uh, this commercial, uh, there's no real news there. Um, but we're all going to keep our eyes open to see what happens at Slammiversary. Um, I'm of the opinion that actually only one of these people is going to show up and I believe it's going to be Rusev, um, which, you know, to me, I would love to see Rusev in AEW, but I know a lot of people think that he would be, uh, better served in other promotions. So, uh, we'll just keep our, uh, eyes open and ears open for that and see, uh, what happens there. Yeah. Don't bring him to AEW. <laughs> I have a lot of people like him. I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't know. Uh, it'd be like Luther all Luther. over again for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, you Uncle Fester and his Bulgarian cousin. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I'm gonna. I promise you, I'm gonna bring you some Rusev homework next week because he's actually a really, really good wrestler. Um, but uh, speaking of homework, Jeff, I know you got some homework picked out for this week. What do you got? 
I do. Um, I was running down nostalgia, uh, nostalgia lane. Um, I picked a, a match that I loved as a kid. It's one of the matches that really, uh, really made Eddie Guerrero, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, and it is a match from a SmackDown episode. It is Eddie Guerrero versus edge in a no disqualification match. Um, Dude, it was like a 20-minute match altogether. Not in ring. It was like with entrances and all that stuff, about 20 minutes. Um, dude, hard hitting. They took some really big bumps off of ladders, uh, smacked each other around. This was back when chair shots to the head were still a big you know, thing that they did. Um, I think Eddie Guerrero, towards the end, takes an executioner off of a ladder. So... It was a really fun match, really cool. So go check that one out. What did you have this week? Yeah, Jeff. Actually, I was uh, have been thinking about this match for a while that I wanted to go back and rewatch. It was actually uh, an NXT Championship match from NXT Takeover 2018 in New Orleans between Aleister Black and Andrade Cien Almas. He just goes by Andrade now. Uh, if anybody's still watching, uh, actually, the penultimate. Um, match for this card it was not the main event which was uh, champa versus gargano um but we can get into that match later i actually really really love this nxt championship match uh runs just shy of 20 minutes um a, a fun sprint the entire time i thought their storytelling is really really good um there's some really innovative offense in the match um zelina vega does a really good job as the manager for Andrade in that match and really brings that old school managerial element to the match. Um, it's actually rather interesting because in real life she is married to his opponent from this match, Alistair Black. But uh, a really, really solid match, really hard hitting. Um, you know, when Black wins his first NXT championship, so his first championship in WWE, um, that is my homework. Go back and rewatch that match um, and let me know what you think about it. Spewing that NXT crap on this AEW podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, so a dark this week was uh, it was all right. It was it was there. It was there. You know what I mean? It was on. Mm-hmm. It was on YouTube. <laughs> uh, the first match was John Skyler <laughs> versus Billy Gunn. Um, why do why is Billy Gunn wrestling? We said this earlier. Why? I mean, I get it. I like Billy Gunn. I think he's cool. I liked, uh, you know, what he's done. I like, you know, I got the, what, I don't know, two words for you, suck it, or whatever he says. All that stuff's great. But why didn't they put Austin in there and have him as a valet or anybody else, really? Put another. I would have rather seen another jobber beat another jobber. You know what I mean? Like they did with the women. I think he would have been great who got somebody over. I know they signed um, a couple more contracts, so we're going to get more unveilings of who they signed. I think Pineapple Pete is going to be one of them, man. I really do. I'm really hoping Pineapple Pete is uh, the chosen one. Uh, he just had a bunch of gear made, and he posted all over Twitter, um, and it's pineapples all over it. So I'm really glad he's digging into it, and his... His new finisher might be called the Pineapple Express. So <laughs> it'll be uh, pretty fun. So John Schuyler, Billy Gunn. I mean, it was 
they put Billy Gunn in a match with this guy. I, I, I almost thought Billy Gunn was going to take the loss here and put this guy over, but then I'm thinking, I mean, who the fuck is John Schuyler? I don't even, we he hasn't even been, what has he been on there twice, maybe? So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, he hits him with the Famouser for the win. Uh, what did you think of this? Not a big fan of it. Uh, like you said earlier, we discussed it before we became on the air here. Um, I don't get why Billy Gunn's taking the win here. Uh, why is he Why is he going over younger talent? I just don't think that makes sense. He doesn't have a future as a champion. Um, you know, I get wanting to get his son on TV and get a maritime. Well, go ahead and get a maritime and let him get the win here. Um, I think there are three people that were involved in all of this, and the only one that didn't need to go over is the one that went over. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of this match. Um, I just don't get it. You know, if there's no plan for Skyler, the plan for him is to lose anyway. Just go ahead and have Austin Gunn go in there and take the pin. Or I'm sorry, take the uh, take the victory there over Skyler. It just, uh, as you said earlier, doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't have much more to say about this match. There was not really much meat to it. Um, yep, yeah, just kind of so so. And I noticed that the crowd was really, really, really small, actually. Um, the loudest person actually that we could hear was Austin Gunn. So it kind of makes you wonder, is he the one that's been creating all the noise over the last couple of weeks? But, uh, yeah, overall, I, you know, not a fan of it. Um, don't get why it was on, you know, they wasted TV time on it. Uh, yep. Not even TV time, YouTube time, <laughs> YouTube time. Um, so yeah, next match was, um, all rights reserved. What? I said all rights reserved to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the natural nightmares. Um, so it was Dustin and Brandy waiting for um, QT Marshall um, to show up. And they're kind of waiting to cut this promo. And QT Marshall pulls up in the uh, biggest midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> what is it? A Camaro Corvette? I think it's a Corvette. Um, yeah, it's a Corvette. I'm not a car guy. I drive a Kia Soul. It's I'm obviously not a fucking car guy. Um, a but he, <laughs> Allie's sitting in the passenger seat. Why? Well, I, I I mean I don't know which one I like better, the bunny or the uh, side piece of one married QT Marshall. <laughs> um, ah, but yeah, he gets out and they cut this funny little uh, vignette, this little scene where. He's like, you know, new hair, new car, new, uh, new me. <laughs> uh, pretty funny little spot. It, it was, it was there. It was there. Uh, what'd you think about this little promo that they had? I missed the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, who knows? Who knows if she's coming back? We'll see. I've always liked Allie. I think actually she's a really good in-ring worker. Uh, in-ring worker. So I'd like to see her get in the ring. I'm not sure if she's injured right now or they just don't have anything for her. Um, I was wondering, do you think that's Tony Khan's uh, Corvette that he was driving? I was wondering that. <laughs> I was it like, could be. Marshall can't afford this. <laughs> I mean, you got to think all the cars that they've used, besides like Cody's actual truck and FTR's actual truck. Uh, you know, Mox's uh, car that they used was blue. Um, this Corvette was blue. So maybe it's Tony Khan and his favorite color is blue. <laughs> These are that those cars. Or... What'd you say? 
said it's even better. His dad, actually, his dad, Shag Khan, has a yacht that's so big that it fits four regular size boats underneath it in the boat garage. It's fucking insane how big this guy's yacht is. So it might be from his collection as well. Oh, um, my God. Uh, you know, uh, I do like this. I like the Nightmare uh, uh, Collective here. What is, is that what they're called? Nightmare Collective? The Natural Nightmares. The Nightmare Collective oh, was Brandy's. Was Shit. Yeah, there. That yeah, was the Mel. Sorry, me... Yeah, whatever happened to Mel? I don't think she's on contract. Yeah, she is. She's got a signed contract. Like, if you look up in talent on AEW's website, she's still on there. Huh. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, so this next match was John Cruz and Joe Alonzo versus the Butcher and the Blade. Um, no Alley, no Bunny. Um, for this match, John Cruz once again. Um, he's the one that's Serpentica, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, him and uh, Joe Alonzo versus Butcher and, uh, Butcher and the Blade. It starts off, man. The Butcher and the Blade just on the attack. And then it was just pretty much brutal squash match uh, for Mr. Joe Alonzo, Mr. Controversy. Um, who wore a hoodie out to the ring with his <laughs> freaking like Instagram name on there or something like that. Um, I don't know. It was a squash. Uh, what is the double team that they're calling at the end? Um, you're talking about that suplex into the knees, like yeah. into that backbreaker or whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't, I didn't catch it for it. I thought it was cool though. But yeah. There's a couple teams. I saw that move twice this week. I have to think actually. Yeah, I really like the. They've used it a couple times. I just don't know what they have ever called it. It's just cool double team for the win. Uh, so, what did you think about this match? Yeah, I mean it was fun. It was it was a, a fun little sprint squash. Um, I love that they changed the butcher and the blade from black to white. I think it makes them stand out a lot more. Um, they are actually a dominant tag team, and they're a very good tag team. So, I think this was a nice reintroduction. Um, we'll find out. Uh, later on that uh you know we're gonna see the butcher and the blade in action next week in a very very special match um so not surprising that they got the win here need to build up some momentum and some credibility before that match um but uh yeah i thought they looked great here i think they can definitely be a mainstay in the tag team division um no no reason to think otherwise yeah for sure Uh, i i like the butcher and the blade uh i like every time i die too so you know andy's always over already he does not sound like he looks. Have you ever listened to him talk? No, not not in particularly. Oh, That's why he doesn't talk in uh, AEW and the and the Blade does all the talking because he sounds kind of like this, like a normal guy. <laughs> it's pretty funny because um, the, the butcher's huge. He looks like a huge old man, but he's like uh, maybe in his thirties, something like that. He's not old by any means. Um, this next segment was uh, Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon, and Leva Bates uh, cutting this promo, uh, this little backstage vignette thing about how they're both losers and uh, they should tag up again. And Brandon Cutler's like, "No, this we you know we already did this once. We lost." And Leva Bates like, "But no, I'll be there, so we'll win because I'm there." So they're like, "Okay, we'll give this another chance." And. Uh, I think they wrestle on dark later too. Um, but this next match was, uh, not set to be on this episode of dark cause they didn't even 
when they do the intros, they run through all what's going to be on tonight. This was a match that was thrown in, and it was thrown in because there was a dark match um, that got cut. Um, so, so it was a match with Sean Spears and Clutch Adams. Uh, so what ended up happening was Clutch Adams, uh, he had some racist and homophobic remarks uh, back in 2013 uh, that were uncovered on Twitter using, uh, they were brought to the attention of Cody and uh, AEW. So they pulled it and he's done, man. He's not coming back. And I think he made an apology saying like, you know, this was um, remarks that I made when I was, uh, you know, just a, I think he was really young and in college or something stupid like that. He, I mean, he basically almost made an excuse without making an excuse kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, all Elite wrestling's Twitter page posted, uh, Christy Janes versus Kylan King match, which man, I, I'm kind of glad, like, I'm not glad that it happened and what he said or whatever, but I'm kind of glad because Christy Janes and Kylan King got an opportunity. Uh, one of these girls is probably going to get signed from the fan reaction that, uh, they got. So, I mean, uh, fuck that guy for what he said, I guess. But I mean, it's, that's a long ass time ago and he was a young kid. I mean, I've probably said stupid shit when I was a kid and you know, your brain's not even fully formed yet. Um, do you know exactly what he said? I don't. Yeah. I don't even want to say it on here either, even if we find it, but whatever. Um, so the next match was Christy Janes versus Kylan King. And I thought this match was pretty fun. Um, Christy Janes has uh, a lot of charisma. You know, she's a great heel. Uh, the dancing is great. Um, and before I say what I'm about to say, I don't mean this in a, um, <laughs> in a sexual way. Um, but she has like a very, um, Christy James has like a very like tight athletic body. I just squeaked really bad there. Um, <laughs> um, she, she does. She seems like a, she's going to be a great talent. Like she doesn't, um, fit the normal mold, but she's got the look in the same time, you know, at the same time. And I like how Kylan King looks. She looks completely different from the rest of the roster and she has charisma. So whether they go uh, either one, I mean, Kylan King had good offense here. Christy James had good offense, very good heel spots. I like how she was uh, speaking in a different language and Kylan King's like, I don't understand that. That's a different language. <laughs> um, and it, it just brings a little bit of flavor to, uh, AEW's roster for sure. Um, whichever one gets picked. Cause you know, they're going to have to sign some of these females because I mean, God, why do I keep squeaking? Um, what did you think about this match? I like the match. Um, I think Christy James is great. Um, I think she's gotta be the one to get signed. I love, you talked about the spot, the heel spots where she's yelling at the free and, uh, yelling at Kylan in Portuguese. Um, and I think that's always a good sign of a heel. As a matter of fact, there's wrestlers in the past, like you get Japanese wrestlers in here who speak broken English and don't connect to the crowd's faces, and it always ends up being good heel turns, um, and they just start saying everything in their native tongue or in a foreign language, um, you know, and kind of laugh at the ignorant 
ignorant English speaking population for not being able to understand, so to speak. Um, but I'm really impressed with Christy Janes. I liked her in the match uh, last week with uh, Hikaru Shida. I think she's very impressive. I'd love to see her on the the roster. Uh, like you said, she's got she's unique, but she's got a good look. Um, she's she's a good worker, uh, and uh, I'd like to see more of her in the future for sure. Yeah, uh, Kylan King had a really good move set in this match. She actually pulled out a lot of uh, a lot of st- uh, stops on Christy Janes, but. You know, she ended up getting that roll up at the end for the win. Um, so who knows, man? Um, the next match was a uh, proud and powerful Ortiz and Santana uh, versus Big Game Leroy and EJ. Um, <laughs> my favorite part about this is that uh, so if you've been watching BTE, um, the private party segments. Uh, I like EJ just because every time they answer the gate of the the backyard, he'll be like, hey, man, what are you doing here? And he, he goes, uh, this is my house. I live here. <laughs> I'm EJ, guys. I live here. Uh, and they're always like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in. <laughs> like it's like it's their fucking house. I don't know. <laughs> A little funny spots, but they basically got smashed. I mean, smash, smashed. I haven't seen Private Party. Or, I'm still thinking of the BTE segment. Uh, Proud and Powerful uh, really just demolished people since when they first came to TV. And I think they demolished demolished, uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds when they were still the Beaver, Beaver Boys, if I'm not mistaken. That was like their big squash match. And that was when everybody was like, holy shit, AEW's doing squash matches? Um, and then I think Cody had one like the very next week uh, against some guy in a purple getup. I don't remember. Um, but Ortiz kicked that Nintendo Switch, just punted that thing out of the fucking ring. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's going to ruin it. Yeah. Um, it was just a beatdown, man. It, Taz calling it a game boy or a sega genesis i popped i popped uh, heel taz is back in full gear um and it is awesome so what did you think about this uh run this train that got ran through on these guys i want to see proud and powerful at the top of the tag team division uh we've been singing their praises recently they are a great tag team uh, I'm glad they're getting the opportunity to display that um, as of late. Uh, I, I love the squash. I think it needed to happen. They need to be you know, presented as a dominant team. Um, you're right. My favorite spot was with the Nintendo Switch. It, uh, you know, Hopefully it was not harmed in the making of that segment, um, <laughs> but uh, had a couple of scuffs up on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, it was exactly what it needed to be. Um, glad this match wasn't in time on dynamite uh we don't need to be seeing squashes on dynamite to be frank with you so um let's get more santana and ortiz the new rankings came out and uh we'll get to that but uh inconspicuously absent from the list is proud and powerful interesting yeah i think uh i think once their inner circle gimmick is done i would really like to see them have a face run uh, I think they would yeah. be great as faces, especially with their tag team name, Proud and Powerful, as a time. Or like, I mean, if there's any time to capitalize on something like that, I would do it now, man. I would break off. I mean, 
I know they have to do this uh, blood and guts match, but I I don't know. I would like to see them, uh, you know, more into the Puerto Rican side of things, uh, given, yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of teams like that, and they're always heels, man. I would just like to see a face run where, uh, you know, it is proud and powerful, because when they cut that first promo, I'm like, this isn't a heel promo. This is inspirational. Um, you know, in the subway, city streets, all that stuff. I I really liked both of them, and they're really strong. They have really funny spots. Um, all they would have to do is change up a couple little things in their in their in ring work to be baby faces instantly. Um, I don't know. That's just one of my things with them. I've said it earlier on in this podcast, not in this episode, but like episode three or something stupid like that. Um. So anyways, what did they win with? Was it the Street Sweeper? Check my notes here. I don't even remember. I just knew that it was fucking demolished. I think they both pinned him at the same time. I just remember that. Yeah, Leroy uh, got the... Leroy got it. Did I cut out there? (laughs) Yeah, the Street Sweeper. Yeah, that's what I said. Again. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Leroy <laughs> cuts you out again, son of a bitch. Uh, let's just move on. So we get the payoff from this Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon uh, promo from earlier. So it's Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon with Leva Bates uh, versus, versus, versus the Natural Nightmares, QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, it's always great seeing Brandy Rhodes. I like Brandy Rhodes. Um I pretty much like almost all their female talents for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm really sad that Leva Bates doesn't do more wrestling. I know they kind of just thrown her off to the side. I hate that they do that with Allie. I, I just would like to see more of them wrestle. They have this like key five that they keep throwing in there. And for some reason, the the rankings still has Yuka Sakazaki on there. She hasn't wrestled in forever. Um, they just need to throw the people off who can't be at TV tapings right now and let them get their wins when they come back. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, but. explain to me how Penelope is number five and Yuka is number four. I don't get that. She's number one in my book. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's stupid. Whoever's running the rankings should just be fired. Um, unless it's like Excalibur, well, then don't that, fire Excalibur. Later. We'll get to the tag team rankings later. Yeah, they're pretty bad. I mean, the rankings don't even make sense at all. But so, Allie. Well, then why? W- Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> Allie was on commentary, um, really putting over QT. Um, it, it looks like. He, oh, wait a minute. This is the quote that I got from Taz. Uh, <laughs> so, Taz like at one lost his ass yeah (laughs) oh my god looks like he went to vegas and he lost his ass and literally you can hear taz go oh shit i'm not supposed to say that um so the stunner from brandy was really fun to leave a bates uh the code red into a qt cutter um so did you finally see that little vignette of ddp actually teaching qt marshall the uh the diamond dallas page you know cutter the diamond cutter. I did. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. Every- I liked it, man. And uh, I'm just excited to... I mean, QT's looking... He's looking better, man. He's uh, looking a little bit more in shape. Uh, his hair uh, transplants are coming in nice and thick. And I don't know, man. He... He might be a new QT Marshall man, uh, but I think he's going to have a big falling out with Dustin and Brandy, and it'll—I don't know—or maybe he'll uh, end up wrestling Cody for that TNT Championship for no reason. <laughs> um, I, this match was all right, man. It was—it was there. Uh, obviously, Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon. Um, still fighting over who is the biggest loser in AEW. Uh, so I can't wait for that match, Brandon Culler versus Peter Avalon. They know they have to book that match. Uh, so what did you think about this last match on Dark? Um, I Let me ask you something. That Canadian Destroyer, is that, is that what they're calling that Code Red? That yeah, Dustin's Code Red. Doing? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive for an old man. I'll give it to him, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I thought the in-ring, the in-ring stuff was, uh, you know, pretty average. Uh, you know, as if the ending was ever in doubt here. I thought the way that they brought the storylines into the match actually was uh, the most beneficial part of the segment. Um, the cutter looked a lot better this week, didn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I can't wait until he starts doing the pop-up one. That's my favorite one. When he throws the dude up in the air and catches him with the cutter. I don't know why. Randy- it's just always been my uh, favorite one. What'd, yeah. you, what'd you say? Randy does that sometimes with the RKO. Yeah, because Randy's a bitch. Um, (laughs) uh, There is one cutter I really like that he did, and I think it was on Seth Rollins at one of their, like, outside R... What is it? RSO? What are are those shows that they do for the troops? Oh, the uh, tribute to the troops? Yeah. Basically, he went to curb stomp... um, Randy Orton and he popped him up really high in the air. I mean, threw him on up there so, and then gave him the RKO. That was at actually. What? That was at WrestleMania. Actually, it was really sweet. It was at WrestleMania. Oh, I don't know. I thought it yeah, looked it like it was outside. Out- yeah. It was an outside mania. Oh, that makes sense. I haven't watched a WrestleMania. There you go. Yeah, um, sweet. sweet. Since. Uh, the Rock and Hulk Hogan made me f- hate wrestling. <laughs> that was uh, that was a long time ago. Um, so that was dark this week. Um, oh man! All right, let's get into Dynamite. Uh, I'm very excited to get into Dynamite because this first match was great. Um, so Dynamite started off this week very impactful. Uh, I read you the quote. Um, that they started off with they they gave a their statement on everything and it was the black lives matter um statements um which i already read earlier in the in the show um so the first match was the super bad death squad versus the tag champs hangman adam page and kenny omega now i have to um point out that penelope ford um looked amazing she looked amazing. <laughs> I think I always do. Um, anyways, I missed the champs, man. I really did. I missed uh, Hangman Adam Page. The The stadium stampede was fun, but just seeing them in a regular match again was just, 
Um, it was a, a fresh up breath there, man. I really missed just them wrestling. It, it was great. Um, I know this match wasn't really a technically sound tag match. It was more of like a tornado tag match. Uh, but still, I think Hangman looked great. Kenny looked great. Shit. Kip Sabian looked great. Jimmy Havoc looked great. Um, Penelope Ford getting kicked out of the match was fucking stupid, and I hated it. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it was a nice little touch. Uh, it's sad to see her go, um, but I, I don't know, man. It, it, it was uh, Jimmy Havoc bringing out the wrench for a minute uh, was great, and they finally have a name for their double-team finisher, The Last Call. Uh, I really like it. I think it's fun. Um, plays on Hangman's little drinking problem and Kenny Omega's milk problem. Uh, <laughs> so what did you think about this match, man? Uh, I thought it was a great match, actually. Uh, a lot of fun from start to finish. Uh, like you said, a lot of tag team spots here, a lot of two-person spots here. So yeah, more of the tornado tag than the traditional tag, uh, at least definitely towards the end of it. What I really liked about this match is that they definitely presented Kip Sabian uh, and Jimmy Havoc as equals um, and they didn't just get bowled over I thought Sabian looked phenomenal like came out of this I think uh, you know looking the best I mean we all know how great Kenny Omega is and we all know how great Hangman Adam Page is um, and you know you know this was Kip Sabian's best look in my opinion uh, since I started seeing him on AEW here actually um, looked like he hung in there and looked like he uh, belonged actually uh, as if the, uh, uh, you know, result was ever going to be in doubt. Um, obviously, uh, you said they hit the last call, took the win here. Um, overall, I thought they looked great. They didn't look rusty really at all. Um, you know, they, they teamed well together. They seemed to be more, uh, cohesive than they had prior to the, uh, prior to we stopped seeing them regularly. You know, there was kind of the, the friction, the will they, won't they split up kind of thing, but they look to be on the same page here. They look cohesive at the uh, stadium stampede match. So uh, maybe we're turning over a new leaf here for Omega and page, but uh, we'll see how long they hold, hold on to the belts, but uh, a fun little match. Here. I love, love the start to dynamite this week. A great little match. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, my favorite part of this match was that Penelope Ford spot where she goes to hit the hurricane Rana and hangman catches her midair and the ref turns around and he goes, she was, she was trying to hurricane Rana me. Um, what should I do? What should I do? And he's like, drop her. And he goes, okay, drop her. And he just <laughs> drops her right on her face. <laughs> but, uh, she's hanging there for a minute. It was pretty funny. It was hangman and his, uh, comedic timing, uh, just really entertaining. I think that's why he's so over with everybody, everybody. Yeah, I loved it. I think uh, one of my favorite spots in this match uh, was a nice little double team move. Uh, where Omega hit the Kataro Crusher, followed by the little like semi running shooting star press. press. Uh, like I said, they just looked like a great tag team. That was a fun little spot. I thought there were a bunch of fun little spots in this this match. Um, so yeah, like I said, great way to kick off. You had FTR in the crowd uh, checking out the uh, tag champs and tweeting uh, tag ropes. Used to tag ropes. That's what they were tweeting during this match. Um, hey, they're uh, professional tag team. <laughs> I'm glad they're still sticking with that gimmick on, on the way over because um, it gives them more of a heel. I mean, they're I'm glad they're not coming in as baby faces. That's for sure. Um, so the next segment was um, 
it was a Tolly and Spears segment. So they, they played two different spots. The second part really didn't have any talking. So I'm going to go ahead and run that first promo all the way through. I thought Tolly did a great job just grilling Sean Spears like he was a child. Um, so here it is. The last time I got in front of an AEW camera, it was in search of the perfect partner for Sean because that's where we were going to go. That time is over. It stopped. No more search. What I've seen in the last couple of months, Sean, has changed my thought process because I thought you and I had synergy. I thought you and I were thinking the same way. And at pay-per-view, here I am sitting in my living room with friends and all of a sudden I pop up on your crotch. In what friggin' world do you think that was funny? That's not what my legacy is gonna be, Sean. I promise you that. And there's something gonna happen in here. You've got to reach down inside you. If you wanna have a legacy, if you wanna be a champion, if you wanna be the best, you have got to go in and dig something out of your heart. When I held up four fingers in front of a camera on national television, that's because we were the best. You gotta be the best. You gotta wanna be the best. If you don't wanna be the best, then I'm gonna be out the door. What do you want? What do you want your legacy to be? You want championship belts for your kid to hold up and say, look what my dad was? If you don't change something in your heart, that will never happen. So it leads right into the next segment, um, which uh, goes to a limo. And in that that limo, Jeff, we find Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard having a conversation. Um, A short little conversation. Obviously, we've been seeing a lot of Sean Spears lately and character character building. Uh, at the end of this, we see a black glove given to Sean Spears by Tully Blanchard. Um, and, you know, I was doing some thoughts and a little and a little bit of research about the significance of the black glove. Um, and I just have a short list here of uh, notable legends who wore fingerless black gloves, starting with Barry Windham. Uh, we have Black Jack Mulligan, uh, Ted DiBiase, who we all know, uh, Diesel, Big Daddy Cool, um, or some people might know him as Kevin Nash. Uh, and most recently, recently we had Kane always wearing that uh, fingerless black glove. Um, you know, Taker obviously wears fingerless black gloves. He wears two, of course. Um, but you know, it's it's been a glove that's uh, you know, it's been pretty iconic uh, with some pretty iconic wrestlers. Um, right now, across the pond, of course, Seth Rollins is wearing the full finger black glove. But uh, of course, an homage to uh, uh, you know the wrestlers of the past. Um, certainly, part of the list that I just read to you uh, and many more. Um, so I like this. Uh, you know. We we've been talking in weeks past about about what we need to see out of Sean Spears. You know, they bring him in as the chairman. You know, they gave him this uh, this nickname. Um, you know, and just kind of seems like he's going to be on a war path path once he gets in. And you know, he's just taken a lot of valuable losses, like almost ones that they can't give back to him. Um, at some point, it's gonna it's gonna be like that. You know, it ended up happening uh, in his WWE run before he became. Uh, an AEW star, you know, they used him real well in NXT, uh, but never really gave him quite the push. Uh, they never got behind him and find him in WWE. And I just think unless we see a substantial push for Sean Spears here in the pretty immediate future, um, 
it's going to be hard to get behind him. They, like I said, he's got a, he's got a lot of losses. Um, they really, really need to make those losses up to him. So I like where they're going here. Um, let's see what this leads to. Hopefully we're done with the comedy segments like we got at uh, Double or Nothing. Let's see a serious Sean Spears here. Let's see an ass-kicking Sean Spears here. Um, hopefully this is leading uh, to better days for Sean Spears. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm a big fan of Sean Spears. I think he does... I've said this time and time again, all the little things in between the moves that matter. So if he could just get some wins, uh, you know, under his belt, like he said, um, I think it would be, it would be great for him. So, um, the next segment on the card, man, was Brian Cage and Taz, um, coming out versus the captain, Sean Dean, um, who basically died on television. He got freaking annihilated and drill clawed, pinned. Um, goodbye to the captain. <laughs> uh, before we get into the promo afterwards, what did you think about the, um, basically the, the smashing? Um, pretty interesting. A couple spots here that caught my uh, caught my attention. That palm handle Falcon Arrow was super, super impressive. impressive. Um, he hit that suplex that you and I kind of texted each other about uh, during that match. And it kind of looked like an older version of Goldberg trying to get a jackhammer up and just can't quite do it the same. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened with that spot. Ryan Cage is a huge guy. And I'm not saying that Sean Dean is like super small like you and I, but he's not a huge guy. Uh, it just looked like he struggled with that. I thought that was a little uh, peculiar there. Um, there was a buckle bomb right before the drill claw, which I thought was interesting as well. Um, something we did not talk about about news, but across the pond, they have actually banned the buckle bomb uh, for at least the foreseeable future uh, after some injuries have happened. So I don't know if this was just like kind of an, another another fu or if it's inconsequential to that. But uh, like you said, you know, got a massive uh, Sean Dean took a massive drill claw loss here. So. Um, of course, we'll get into the meat of this uh, this segment right here now. I'll pull the curtain back a little bit for you. So earlier today, Cage and I are having this conversation, and we're actually talking about Dynamite from last week when, well, the machine was dominant again, but the AEW World Champion was at the announce desk, and I was speaking to him about what this machine is going to do to Mox when Fighter Fest happens and that championship's on the line. And Mox, you had the audacity to snicker and giggle when I was speaking to you like a gentleman about the machine and how he's going to kick the living shit out of you. We don't play games, Mox. This is not a joke to us. This is not a game. This is serious. You need to get your head on right or your head's going to get taken off at Fighter Fest besides you losing that title. That is Brian Cage. He is the machine. Beat him if you can. Survive if he lets you. Fight like John Mark. Before you enter this ring, shut the music. Before you enter this ring, just think and be careful. I promise you that. Looks like he thought it over quickly. This is fun. Well, Taz, the reason 
I was smiling last week. The reason I'm smiling right now is because the thought of stepping in the ring with Brian Cage with that level of intensity, with that level of aggression, and going to absolute war, well, that makes me happy. That's why I'm in this business. But be very, very clear. Stepping in the ring with me, with my title on the line, is the farthest thing from a game. Brian Cage, you are impressive. The machine, seemingly indestructible. I am far from indestructible. I am only human. I can be beat, but dude, it would take you all night long. And that's my point. You were right, Taz, when you said Brian Cage is a different thing entirely than anybody else in AEW. But I am a different thing entirely. Taking the AEW World Championship away from me is a different prospect entirely. And you are going to find that out at Fighter Fest when you're in over your head. And you realize you are swimming with a different breed of shark. With all due respect, gentlemen, don't waste your time or mine trying to intimidate me. And the next time you want to bring my name up on TV, just remember exactly who the hell you're talking about. So I really loved this promo, actually. Um, you know, short and sweet on Taz's side, but the presence that John Moxley had when he got in that ring was intimidating, man. This is the John Moxley like that I really wanted to see uh, finally come out. I thought the Brody Lee spots were kind of comedic. You know, all you had to do was ask and funny, smirky John Moxley. No, this was a badass. This guy stepped in the ring. And showed that he's not afraid of Brian Cage. He's not afraid of Taz. He ain't afraid of nobody. Um, and it was just cool. Um, I do have something to say on the buckle bomb thing. The reason why it's so dangerous is that it's a double blind move. So basically, the guy who's giving the power bomb can't see because somebody's in front of him. The guy taking the move cannot see because he's turned around. So. W- Pro wrestling, the reason why when they take the bumps is they're relaxed. They let their body fall the way it's supposed to, and that's why it's safe. But when it's a buckle bomb like that, you guys have you know guys tensing up, trying to look back to see where they're falling, trying to anticipate the you know the buckle hitting their their back, all that kind of stuff. Everything can go wrong very quickly, um, and I think that's why the WWE finally just said done done with it we're gonna protect our athletes and stuff like that but i also think it was because people were being unsafe with it um you know uh seth rollins uh, ended almost ended sting's career i guess he just recently got cleared to wrestle but he's a legend he shouldn't have been taking buckle bombs from seth rollins nia Jax shouldn't be smashing girls with buckle bombs um uh, but yeah yeah, you're, yeah, you're right about that. Seth Rollins also, it wasn't a buckle bomb, but he did a power bomb. Finn Balor in that Universal Championship match, barricade, and separated shoulders labor. Really, really notorious for being a dangerous worker. So if you 
described a double blind earlier. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It just, you know, there's a whole plethora of moves open. Why do something that's dangerous? Let's just keep our performers safe here. Yeah, for sure. So that was uh, him describing uh, Seth Rollins uh, doing a power bomb into the barricade to one Finn Balor. Um, and the <laughs> shoulder separated your mic. I don't know why it cut out again, uh, but fuck it. Um, yeah. Squash mash. Good promo. Um, Mox had a great promo. So oh, this la- pro- go ahead. I was just going to say that was excellent. I've been, I love John Moxley unhinged with a live mic. I don't think, he really discusses his promos with anybody prior. I think he just goes out there and does them. They just seem super organic. Um, I love him. Just like you said, I've been waiting for this mox. I've I've known who this mox this mox was for a long time. Um, you know, when Cade won the Casino Battle Royale ladder match, I was I texted you. I was like, uh oh, this is bad for Mox. But I'll tell you what, after this week, I'm like, this is bad for Cade. Mox is gonna Mox is definitely gonna tear him apart a little bit. He's you know, we'll see what happens here. But neither neither guy's gonna come out the same after this match. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm, I would like to see Mox in another unsanctioned match or a no disqualification. Like I want to see some thumbtacks again. I want to see some garbage wrestling. I miss it. It's one. Of, those are one of my favorite types of matches. Um, so this next segment was Lance's promo. So they're like outside of Daly's place or something, and he's beating up some masked uh, guy, which I think is going to be on Dark next week, actually. Um, and it was all right. It wasn't a great promo. This is why Jake the Snake should be cutting all of his promos. He's just trying to be, you know, everybody dies, um, which I don't know. It was all right. It, it just didn't seem like he believed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how am I going to believe it? <laughs> um, before we get to the one of the best promos on this show, what did you think about this Lance Archer promo? Um, I'm glad they gave him some airtime on Dynamite and didn't relegate this to Dark or anything, but you you definitely hit the nail on the head, as you've been doing much much of the day, actually. <laughs> uh, he needs to have Jake the Snake uh, <laughs> give his promos for him. Um, what does he say? He's not an AEW to be a spot monkey or something like that. I'm just like, what the heck does that even mean? I'd never thought of Lance Archer as a spot monkey. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny comment there. And just like, okay, what are you talking about, dude? Let's uh, see you back in the ring and kicking people's asses instead. So, um, yeah, we'll see where this leads to. Um, so him and Brian Cage were kind of going back and forth on Twitter. Uh, something about Brian Cage talking about he's the biggest guy, definitely – um, number one big guy in this company and um, Lance Archer said sit down little man or something like that it was so it's kind of planting seeds these keep these guys as far away from each other as possible until a big payoff I don't want to see them wrestle anytime oh, yeah. soon uh, but this next segment was great so it was private party and Matt Hardy I wish I could find it because I tried to um, so Matt Hardy comes up, comes up to a private party and just like, hey, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. That was a great match. Uh, so if you don't know much about private party, their backstory, they got into wrestling from Jeff Hardy. That's how they became a tag team. So they both really liked Jeff Hardy. And they're like, oh, man, is that your favorite wrestler? Yeah, that's my favorite wrestler. Blah, blah, blah. 
Um, so them wrestling with Matt Hardy is a huge deal to them. Um, so this segment was actually pretty cool. Him basically telling them like, Hey, I got your back. Anything you guys want to do? Awesome. And so they came up with the Hardy party. Um, so they're going to six man tag. I guarantee it. Um, and then Matt is walking out and he sees Sammy Guevara and just says, Hey Sammy. Hey man, we're all cool. Uh, and Sammy's kind of like, what? Okay. Um, I want Sammy. See, I think the inner circle needs to be done. I think it should just be down to Jericho and Hager uh, running around together. Him as the heater and Jericho as the talker slash, you know, really the worker. Um, And I think Proud and Powerful need to break off, do their own thing. And I think Sammy Guevara needs to do a face turn. Sammy Guevara is way too likable. He's got way too much charisma. He's... I dude, I think he's a face all around. I think he could be a great baby face, um, and I would like to see some of these face tag teams as heels. I would like to see a, a private party as heels. I would like to see just some switch ups, man. I, I guess maybe not right now, but coming soon, I would like to see a big roster change up and uh, just show some different sides of them. But this segment was great. What do you think about it? Yeah, I liked it. I like I like Team Extreme Matt Hardy. That's one of my favorite Matt Hardy. So it's always fun to see him as that. Um, did did he say Hardy Boys during that segment? Because I thought I heard him say actual the t- term Hardy Boys. I think he owns it. Does he own Hardy Boys? I was wondering if he are uh, WWE on that. Yeah, I think he owns anything that has to do with the Hardy boys whatsoever. And that's why they can't use twist of fate anymore. They can't use, I don't think they can even use Swan. Can they use Swanton bomb? Isn't I'm he calling sure. it? Yeah, I, I'm not. I think he owns all of it, man. I think he's the brains and just said, no, we're taking everything because he's, they're allowed to say too extreme Matt Hardy. They're allowed to say V one Matt Hardy. They're allowed to say broken Matt Hardy. I think he's got all of it. Or else they wouldn't huh. be able to. He's smart, man. He also has a big shrine to himself, too, with all of his action figures and memorabilia and everything in his house. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was a wrestler. For, like, a predominantly tag team wrestler, the guy has, you know, really... People talk about Jericho reinventing himself and, like, always maintaining relevance. But, you know, I don't hear people talk about Matt Hardy that way. Like, it wasn't until much later in his career here did he figure out the broken gimmick, you know, take his first world championship for a promotion and just, like, really given the chance to run with top, you know, run with the ball in the promotion. And just, uh, you know, kudos to him for always being able to reinvent himself. Um, you know, he's always maintained relevance. And he actually, I'd say, has had one of the better careers that there's ever been in wrestling for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, my favorite was, uh, I like to extreme Matt Hardy and stuff, but I like the version one Matt Hardy. I don't know why he would load up and he would have the Matt facts and, uh, I don't know. He always had that Shannon Moore. I think that's who he was running around with him and he'd always get, uh, pissed off at him. (laughs) It was just a nice little change. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, but this next match on the card was Colt Cabana versus Chris Jericho, Le Champion. Um, so Colt Cabana was already out to the ring. Chris Jericho's coming out. 
or maybe they cut to commercial right after they had Colcabana come out. Um, I just don't remember him having a long entrance. Um, anyways, Jericho comes out. Sammy is singing Judas off key and out of tone. And it was just, it was hard to sit there. I felt really embarrassed for him. (laughs) Um, but Colcabana, man, he came out swinging, uh, you know, Hager getting involved and dude, Cabana hit a pretty big moonsault and, um, Chris Jericho actually missing that line tamer, which not line tamer, that line salt. I didn't think he could even hit that anymore. Uh, but flipped all the way through, um, and then countered, ended up countering that Superman pin that I like that Cole Cabana does countered it into a lion tamer. That's why I got jumbled around. Um, man, it just the counters that Chris Jericho thinks of is so, uh, they're so cool. The way that he can pull people into the lion tamer or the walls of Jericho, whichever one he wants to use at the time, um, is just really, it, it just shows how creative he is and, um, what a force to be reckoned with in the ring. You know what I mean? In a, you know, pro wrestling kind of way. Um, you know, he ends up hitting the Judas effect, uh, just smashing Cole Cabana with that elbow. Cole Cabana had some really great offense in this match though. He really gave Jericho a run for his money. Um, I don't know if this was like a dream match or something for Cole Cabana or if Jericho was just giving him his time. But I felt this match went a little bit too long to be Cole Cabana versus, you know, our ex-AEW champion. Um, I know he still lost anyways, but I just didn't hold Cole Cabana up to a Chris Jericho's level. You know what I mean? Um, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, what did you think about this match, man, before we get to the promo after the match? We are on the same page about this. I actually thought... Though Colt Cabana did look good, I was wondering why he was getting so much offense in. Um, it did just seem a little unusual, like you said, for the ex-AEW or the inaugural AEW world champion to be taking um, you know, taking so many near falls against uh, Boom Boom there. But uh, like I said, his offense did look good, um, but I, I got to agree with you. It did go long. Um, I thought it uh, – I don't – to me, I like we've talked about Colt Cabana in the past. I don't see him as world championship. Uh, material you know nothing against the guy i think he's a, a a good little worker but i just i just don't see him on that plateau there um so yeah i, I just don't get this move here um you know y2j getting the win there that's another one though we talked about uh hardy boys earlier does jericho own walls of jericho i assume now yeah he he's another one of the guys he owns everything he owns all yeah, his I shit you, i heard jr say walls of jericho and i was like ah I remember mm-hmm. that <laughs> from oh, back yeah. in the day. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I that's what I took from this segment here. Yeah, see, my favorite was Y2J. That's when I knew him as. Uh, whenever I, it's like usually the first entrance I try to unlock when I buy a wrestling game. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. It just always was my what favorite. Big WWF debut. Yeah, against The Rock uh, when he debuted. Um, that was awesome. That was one of the biggest moments, uh, for him, especially coming over from WCW cruiserweight, stuff like that. Um, so 
after this, uh, Jericho cuts this promo calling out the baddest man on the planet. Um, and Orange Cassidy comes out, <laughs> walks his way to the ring, rolls underneath, and puts Jericho's hands into his belt because he doesn't have pockets. Um, dodges under the clotheslines from Hager and Jericho, rolls out to the ring and gets like <laughs> carried out of the out of harm's way by the best friends uh really funny fucking segment here um i'm hoping this is going to be orange cassidy versus chris jericho um maybe at fighter fest or maybe just next week um great little segment what do you think about your man orange cassidy coming out answering the call the baddest man on the planet freshly squeezed freshly squeezed Freshly squeezed. <laughs> I loved it, man. I thought it was hysterical. Jericho's hands inside his belt loops. Um, obviously, he broke down the whole segment. I'm a huge fan of it. I never knew that I wanted to see Orange Cassidy, Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, but I definitely want to see Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho now. Yeah, I didn't know we needed to see it. Uh, another thing I want to see with um, Orange is... I want to see the pineapple man versus the orange. I think it'd be good. <laughs> the fruit wars. I don't know. <laughs> so the fruit basket. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this segment was pretty cool. Um, the next segment on the uh, docket here is uh, Britt Baker's this like uh, inspirational workout promo. Um, this vignette, uh, if you will. Heard, you know, getting on the weights, rolling around in her wheelchair. Um, I'm hoping that this uh, Rebel girl, she's actually a wrestler. She's a, a pretty decent wrestler. I'm hoping that Britt does all the talking right now and Rebel actually wrestles, wrestles for her. Um, I think it'd be a nice little spin. Um, basically, her rolling around the ring, yelling at this Rebel girl. Come on, you got to hit this move, blah, blah, blah. I think it it's money. There's something there. Um, but yeah. So what do you think about this little inspirational, uh, workout promo? I thought it was really funny actually. Um, I think it's hysterical that they're calling her a role model in her wheelchair cause it rolls, rolls, get it. Um, I thought Tony Schiavone's, uh, role in this was, was, uh, pretty interesting actually. Um, considering how mean she's been to him. Um, um, but yeah, I think this, uh, this segment has the potential to be a nice big story. They have a good payoff. Um, you know, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, buddy. Which leads us into our women's match of the night, because I don't think there was another one. Nope. There wasn't. Um, it was big swole versus Nyla Rose, which I missed big swole, man. I really did. Uh, she had this new gear on that looked absolutely fantastic it was a yellow ranger yellow power ranger gear with instead of the animal in the middle it had a uh swole arm (laughs) in her little emblem on her chest uh really cool this match was actually fantastic it started off um pretty technical actually and you know Britt baker was watching ringside in the rolls royce um is what she was in that big golf cart um and if you notice roll model on the back of her wheelchair is literally r-o-l-l instead of r-o-l-e um it's pretty well, funny that's, little that's what i was saying in the video actually or, uh, yeah, or, uh, yeah. when we were talking about the promo that's what i was talking about 
um, man, I, I, I like how they're still including her in this. I know she can't have a payoff with an actual match right now, but her staying relevant is a much needed uh, like spot for her just because um, she had such a rise f- uh, for a little bit. The last like three or four matches she had, she really took on a life of her own, man. Really, um, you know, number one selling f- or that one of the top 10 sh- selling t-shirts at pro wrestling tees. It was the highest women's selling merch ever at pro wrestling tees, which is pretty cool. Um, so big swole Nyla Rose, um, dude, there, there was a, cu- a couple great moves in this man. There was a nice cutter from big swole. Um, the, the charisma and the entertaining factor that big swole has, uh, is just out of bounds, man. It, she's definitely, um, something fresh that we don't really get with the women's division, um, I really miss, I really miss her wrestling for sure. Uh, what did you have on this match? Yeah. I mean, you, you summed it up pretty well, actually. I thought big swole looked fantastic here. Um, I actually thought that this match, uh, uh, was going to be a squash. Of course, Nyla Rose does go over with a uh, beast bomb. Um, it wasn't a beast I'll bomb. Tell you this what, time. I believe I'm sorry. It wasn't a beast bomb. Ah, that's what she did. No, she did a pop-up spine buster into a sit-out powerbomb. It was weird. I don't know if she's going to make this one of her finishers, too, but it was she picked her up like a spine buster and then converted it into a sit-out powerbomb. I guess it might be the same thing as the Beast Bomb. It just, like, she laid it up different, maybe? I thought that's what they said. I thought that's what they said. Oh, yeah, they might, they might have, and I just missed it. But I have wrote down... But yeah, any- anyways. <laughs> yeah, I thought, again, this said Big Swole looked great. I thought even if she looked, she looked great. And, uh, we'll see if they can uh, get behind her a little bit here. Yeah, I would like to see her get a push. Um, so, yeah. Big Swole ends up losing, but she cuts a, a little promo out the outside of the ring, which is actually refreshing to see them do that again. Um, and then Britt Baker gets involved, um, that rebel girl slamming into the barricade. Apparently she ran over somebody's foot because Cody tweeted, you cost me $250, bucks <laughs> tonight. Learn how to drive the golf cart next time. Don't run over anybody's feet. <laughs> um, so then we cut to Darby with uh, Tony Schiavone, and he's basically telling them that he is not cleared for in-ring work the doc won't let him wrestle and he kind of cuts this like joker-esque he uh who laughs laugh last uh little promo he's like uh you know something about life is a big joke um brian cage you know i will have the last laugh kind of thing kind of thing and i'm wondering if he's gonna go uh you know how sting went full joker on hulk hogan or whoever he went full joker on I don't remember. I didn't really watch TNA, but it would be cool. It'd be a cool little gimmick for Darby to just go off the rails. Um, I don't know. What do you have with uh, Darby? Yeah, I mean, you got it all. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, so right. th- the next segment is FTR sit down, man. 
Uh, so roll it. Really happy to be able to have the very first exclusive interview with FTR. If you'll recall a week ago on AEW Dynamite, their surprise arrival exploded the internet. And Cash and Dax have joined me here. The obvious first question is, what does FTR stand for? Hey, well, I mean, uh, we got that a lot. Uh, FTR, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a tagline. It's not something, you know, we could just print on a shirt or whatever. It's, just, it's a way of life for, for me and Cash. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of anything that we want it to be. It's oh. fear of the revolution. It's follow the rules. It's, it's kind of a lifestyle for us. Like he said, it's something that we, uh, it, it takes on a life of its own. Now we're here in AEW. We're here at the, uh, the pinnacle. Sure. The pinnacle of the, uh, the, the, the revolution, the wrestling revolution. So right now, FTR is for the revolution. AEW has the world's greatest tag teams. Now. 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 Officially. Okay, now. officially now. The okay. missing piece. You can print up a poster now. There have to be a, a list of tag teams that FTR wants to face, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, obviously there is. I mean, we've had a year and a half to think about this, and despite about you know what happened last week, Butcher and the Blade, man, they're a great tag team. You got the uh, the good kids, the, the, the kids, <laughs> very like, great uh, kids, private party, right, great, great kids. kids. And yes. we want to work with Santana and Ortiz because we've sure. seen those guys all over the world, and yeah, yeah, yeah. now we have a chance right here under the same roof. You got the Lucha Bros, who are the exact opposite of what we stand for in tag team wrestling. So we're, we're going to teach them tag team wrestling, <laughs> emphasis on tag. And then obviously we can't forget about the. Uh, the AEW Tag Team oh, Champions. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're not even a real tag team, but Omega and Paige, I mean, that's, that's our ultimate goal. Interesting that you, you mentioned some teams. You didn't mention the Young Bucks. They're what, to me, what tag team wrestling's all about. Of course right? they are, yeah. man. Of they, course, of course they, they are. Of course you would say that. The dream match everybody's been waiting for. It's not a dream match to Cash and myself. It's not a dream match for us. Uh, we've had to sit back and, and uh, watch these guys get awarded with uh, Tag Team of the Decade. We've got to sit back and listen to Dave Meltzer sing their praises and say they're the next Midnight Express. Tony, do you think that makes us happy? Do you think we enjoy hearing that? I'm no. sure, yeah. I don't, sure. don't want to come in here. I don't, I don't want to have the best tag team wrestling match in history with them. I want to punch them in the mouth. Wow. That's what I want to do. Okay. I want to beat them in three seconds. All right. Okay, then. Butcher in the Blade. She got into some physicality with them but you didn't attack the Young Bucks. Why did that happen that way? We have dreamed about this moment for the past five years. You can't say one tag team's name without the other being right after, whether it's FTR, but what about the Young Bucks? Or the Young Bucks, but what about FTR? Who's better? And when we finally get the answer to that, Tony, I want zero doubt in anybody's mind. I don't want any excuses. I don't want anybody to say, oh, they were softened up by the Butcher and the Blade. I don't want to hear, they were injured, there was a broken rib, there was a bad back. I want them to be 110%. I want them to be healthier than they've ever been in their lives. When we beat them, Tony, I'd like for you and I'd like for JR and I'd like for Taz and Excalibur and, and all your little uh, commentary friends to come to us and apologize and say, hey man, I'm sorry for the last, uh, the last year and a half. You guys are the best. Whenever it happens, it should be tremendous. And thanks for the exclusive interview. Thank you, Tony. All this time I thought FTR was can I say it here? Uh, FTR was Of course you think that. Yeah, yeah, that's what they So w with FTR kind of challenging uh, the Butcher and the Blade, uh, so that's we get this match next fucking week. Uh, Butcher and the Blade, FTR. I think this is going to be a really solid tag match, man. I'm really pumped for this. We get to see what FTR is like unhinged unfiltered and just 
them being them. I think it's going to be really cool. I think we're going to get to see a different side, a side that they've been wanting to unleash for a long time. And I hope we get a little bit of like interference from uh, the Young Bucks because of those shots that they took at them. You know, saying stuff like, we're going to beat them in three seconds. Uh, We're going to punch them in the face. That's not even a dream match of ours. Shut the fuck up. Um, The Young Bucks are the greatest tag team of all time. I've said it a million times. It's my opinion. But I think they are. I think they've done it all. I mean... Who else? I mean, the only ones that come close are the Dudleys. That's it. Those two tag teams are the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, and the only reason I put the Young Bucks above um, the Dudleys is because they're still going. Um, the Dudleys, you know, are done. They're done and they can't add to their legacy anymore. But the Young Bucks are pretty much neck and neck with them now. And they've had these greatest tag matches of all time. And um, they don't really... See, the Dudleys really... They were great. They did a lot of cool stuff. But they really relied heavy on a lot of the gimmick stuff. Tables, um, ladders, chairs, craziness, ECW, hardcore. um, To really get their characters over and stuff like that. But the Young Bucks just put on great matches. I don't care. You can call them spot monkeys. You can call them... Um, saying that they super kick too much or whatever it is, they are entertaining. They put on one hell of a match every time they're out there. I love the Young Bucks. Um, they are my favorite tag team, uh, beating out the Hardy Boys. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyways, so FTR, Butcher and the Blade. Uh, you get this little pull apart, and I think it's a really great segment, man. And the promo, the sit-down promo was really good. Tony Schiavone, once again, um, just laying down the funny spots. Basically, at the end, he says, um, is that really what, you know, FTR means? I always thought it was, uh, you know, fuck the revival. (laughs) And uh, a really funny little spot. They bleep it out, obviously. But So what did you think about this segment and the promo and leading up to their match next week? I love this promo. I'm super stoked for FTR to be over here at AEW. I've been big fans of their work uh, in the previous life. Uh, of course, unfortunately, once they got up to the main roster, they never got a sustained push. Uh, finally getting their wishes to be gone and finally in AEW. Uh, it was a good introduction for people who don't know FTR and what they're all about. Um, obviously, they're tag team professionals, as I alluded to earlier, when they were complaining about not utilizing the ropes, which is proper tag team rules and etiquette of course um, I love how they roll down the list of tag teams and very conspicuously leaving out the young bucks which of course uh, Tony calls them out for um, and you know just further in that rivalry we texted about that last week you know let's slow burn that rivalry I think it's going to be great um, um, and I can't wait to see it you know that's one that's been kind of going back and forth for a couple of years now um, so it's great to finally see that come to fruition of course, Butcher and the Blade inserting themselves in the picture later on, you know, which we kind of alluded to earlier when talking about Dark. I think that should be a great match. Butcher and Blade looked great on Dark this week. They're a hard-hitting, fun tag team, and anybody who knows their work knows that they are a good tag team and a formidable opponent for FTR. So uh, really excited to see that match next week. Um, great, great introduction to, F- to FTR for AEW fans who are not familiar with their work. Well said, man. Um 
The next segment was Colts uh, after his match promo, um, just saying, you know, he's got to stack up some wins uh, because he's done nothing but, like, have a lot of losses, man. He just can't seem to break that pattern. And uh, Brody Lee steps in and says, you know, it's what you do after the loss um, that really matters and hands him a bottle of water and, uh, you know, kind of walks off and, he was basically extending that olive branch, and Cole Cabana was like, I'm really not going to even entertain that. Uh, but you kind of, it's like he almost, he was like insinuating that he was going to join the Dark Order. You know, now knowing that Alan Angels has joined the Dark Order, we got Preston Vance, uh, Dark Order member, which he is hurt. I guess he uh, had to have surgery on his arm here recently, he just poked posted pictures of him with his arm in a cast so press 10 vance is uh um i guess he's really did break his fucked up his arm maybe mox really did screw his arm up uh or maybe he had to get surgery anyways so they just made it look like he broke his arm i don't know maybe it's all a ruse um (laughs) uh so do you have anything on this or do you just want me to steamroll to the end move on it's cold cabana man <laughs> i know you don't care about him that's why i asked um so the last so you know seg- what I was thinking? go ahead fuck <laughs> it would be funny to have cold cabana, orange cassidy and pineapple table so it's like the island boys <laughs> the island so cold be- cabana pineapple pea and orange cassidy that's a weird one, man. Well, I was just thinking, if you're in a cabana on the beach. Your mic keeps fucking cutting out, man. I am sorry for it's our right, audience. Man. Our audio issues this week will be solved. Um, so bear with us. But the last segment on this card was Jungle Boy versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT championship. Uh, this is the first time it's been defended, so it was a big deal. Um, dude, Cody and Jungle Boy both came out with new gear. I really liked Cody's uh, gear, the black and gold. Um, Jungle Boy finally changing his trunks to match the rest of the you know, Jurassic Express. And this match was a clinic, man. I really, really enjoyed this match. I've seen a lot of people give a lot of hate to this match. Twitter blew up um, as soon as it was happening happening in a great way with all the AEW fans that I follow. And then when you started to deep dive on Cody Rhodes' actual page, you have all these stupid fucking trolls that just want to trash this guy just because he's doing something great and not... They just keep calling him this WWE jobber. And how he shouldn't have this limelight and blah, blah, blah. They couldn't be more wrong. This guy cuts a great promo. The match was great. Yeah, he might get color in most of his matches. And, you know, he might do a couple big spots and have some cool pyro. But it's a fucking show. And he's entertaining. And I'm here for it. So this match, for me, was actually really cool. Um, I'm going to get your thoughts on it right now before I cut into the end and... uh, yeah, what did you think, man? 
I thought this was a great match. I mean, like you said, a, a clinic. I, I'm not sure why there was hate on this match either. I think we've agreed on a lot of stuff from this past week. Um, but definitely on this. I thought the table spot obviously was a little bit weird, but I thought, um, you know, they recovered well from it. You know, it just it, it looked unnatural at first, but the way that they finished it off definitely looked, looked natural. Like, and I had no problems with it. Um, you know, these two guys uh, – they don't know each other's in-ring in work too well. They haven't worked that much together. So I thought they put on a, a hell of a match, of a match um, you know, and definitely elevated the importance and, um, you know, all the accolades around the TNT championship by putting on such a quality match. Uh, you've been saying it for weeks now that Jungle Boy, you know, is definitely one of those guys in the next four to seven years that's going to be super, super relevant. Um, very clear to see here why he, def he definitely will be. Um he definitely was a deserving first challenger for the TNT Championship. Right call not to take it off Cody yet, of course. Um, I was pleased all the way around. Great storytelling, storytelling start to finish um, through the match and through the elevation of uh, both of their characters. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, I thought there were a lot of slight heel spots with Cody, man. I'm, Man, I'm calling it right here. Uh, Cody is going to pool of the biggest heel turn of all time he's the biggest baby face in this company right now i think he might be turning heel he insinuated the four last week he viciously beat up jungle boy in this match really took it to him i mean the stiff shots from cody throwing him over the barricade um getting the table out uh i mean shit dude he cody's headbutted the wall you know bleeding uh getting some color in this match um and then jungle boy taking advantage of that hurt cody and really going after his forehead punching at him just uh, it looks so fucking cool this was a really great match in my opinion um the the big slow avalanche suplex off that top rope was a really really nice spot um it really looked like a jungle boy came down really hard. Uh, you know, Cody, Cody's pretty tall, so coming down from that thing, I mean, it couldn't have felt great, that's for sure. Um, you know, th like you said, the table spot, it looked like Cody lost his footing, went back, protected jungle boy through the table, um, which is a great thing for one of your top guys to really uh, care about, um, you know, the younger talent. The crossroads, man. Who, whoever told Jungle Boy to take the crossroads like this? Uh, holy shit! It looked like it's he spiked himself straight into the fucking mat. Um, you know, Cody getting the win here. Obviously, I don't think anybody thought that Cody was dropping the belt tonight or anything like that. But uh, it was just great. I really like seeing Jungle Boy work. Maybe I'm biased because I like both of these guys, but. I thought it was great. There was a little part where Jungle Boy had some more heat with MJF um, trying to get involved once, you know, Cody was obviously gigging over getting his face slammed into a um, the stage or whatever. But yeah, man, that was it for Dynamite, man. Big fireworks. Everybody had a problem with the firework display that's saying that he's acting like this is WrestleMania. Man, it was the first defense of a big title uh, that TNT is trying to make a big deal. Uh, so, of course, they're going to have Pyro. Come on. 
Um, so yeah, what do you think of Dynamite this week? I thought it was a great Dynamite. Um, you know, they're just constantly really, hit, really hitting it out of the park with advancing storylines on a consistent basis, and really like developing storylines that don't revolve around championships, which their competitors across across the pond really seem to do. I don't. You know, I'm an apologist for sure for them. I watch a lot less than I used to. It doesn't matter to me. You know, if I'm missing a Monday, I don't watch Fridays. Obviously, we sit here and record on Fridays. Um, but I make sure that I catch Dynamite every week. Um, and so my hat's off to Dynamite. My hat's off to AEW. I'm, I'm, as you've said, I'm, I'm so thankful that they have reinvigorated my love for professional wrestling and not sports entertainment. So um, another 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 knockout week for dynamite as you said earlier great week of dynamite or aew content um that's where they're really really strong here is just the advancement of multiple storylines at a time like they just really really do a good job with that and uh i just had to say that so sorry to go off on a little tangent there oh no you're good man i've uh went off on pretty like the exact one multiple times where it basically said i hated pro wrestling at one point i didn't want to watch it and you know, this this company is, I'm glad it's here, man. It gives me, you know, it's the only reason I have cable for one channel for one night a week. <laughs> it's literally it. It's must-see TV for me. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I buy all the fucking t-shirts. I have the figures pre-ordered. I'm ready to go. Um, so at the end here, uh so this is actually Zach's segment. So I'm going to give him all the props for this. So it is, uh, so we got a match of the week. And since May is gone, the match of the month. Uh, the match of the month for me was uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy um, for that street fight match that they had. I thought that was an amazing uh, just episode, man. It, it really ended very well. It, uh, made the stadium stampede, uh, just run right into that. It was awesome. We got so many cool gifts out of that. So many high spots. Um, you get the Sammy getting chased by Kenny and Matt in the golf cart. Um, it just, man, one hell of a match. So that was my match of the month. Um, and so what was yours, buddy? Um, you know, just for sheer creativity, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the stadium stampede match. Actually, it was super unconventional, had a lot of fun spots, had a lot of brutal looking spots. Um, and I think what puts it over, puts it over the edge for me. Um, you know, I love pro wrestling. I've seen a lot of pro wrestling matches. I had never seen anything like a stadium stampede match. Um, and the ending, like I said, with the one winged angel, um, Onto that huge bump that Sammy Guevara took was just incredible. Um, and I just thought it was a super, super, super fun watch. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, is it fun to watch pro wrestling? Yes. Is it fun to watch something like this? Like, absolutely. And so I just had a lot of fun watching this match. match so I'm going to go ahead and give it my match of the month. Yeah, For the month boy. The um, and so my match of the week this week. Um, dude. <laughs> I gotta say, what? <laughs> yeah, match of the week. <laughs> You're a fucking goofball. Um, 
I, I do Jungle Boy versus Cody, man. I really like that match. I enjoyed it a lot. I like color. I like table spots. I like Jungle Boy. I like Cody. So it was everything that I wanted. What was yours? I'm going to go with the tag team championship match, actually. I thought all four came out of this match looking better than they did before. It was a great match. A lot of cool spots. Kip Sabian, besties look since he's been in AEW. Doesn't appear to be any ring rust um, for the lack of tag team time between Kenny Omega and Adam Page. They looked great. They looked like they were on the same page. Uh, I can't wait to go watch this match, actually. Um, I heard some people saying that they thought it went too long. I actually thought it was fantastic i like the whole match so that's my match of the week well hell yeah man so that was dynamite that was the uh the z segment of the week is what i'm gonna call it that's what it's called yeah um so if you want to check out the full song um at the end it's called legion uh it's by my buddy eric he goes by edge uh, you can find him Edge Music. Uh, you can find him at Edge underscore four nineteen on Twitch, on YouTube, um, on Twitter. It's Edge underscore four nineteen. Go bug the shit out of him. Uh, tell him I sent you. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at a hundred elite pod or at my personal Twitter page at J Englert eighty eight. Um, and you can find Mister Orange Zackety at. Hey, man, where can they find you at? <laughs> at Frisco Triscuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, we're laughing because this is the fourth time that we've recorded this segment, and we're going to keep it rolling. So where can they find you at, Zach? <laughs> F-R-I-S-C-O-T-R-I-S-C-U-I-T. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and find me on Xbox Live. Come play me in FIFA 20 and get that ass whipped. Man, your shit didn't cut out. What an awesome segment to end on. <laughs> oh, yeah. So everybody hey. remember to stay safe. Um, love your neighbor the same as you would any other neighbor. Um, and we will see you guys on the next one. See you, buddy. Bye. So you can call me Legion, but we are many. You are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met without, cause you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me. So maybe you should crawl a bit.